Pod Soup, episode five, ready to go, Michelle? Ready and raring to go. Cue the music. Hi, and welcome to Pod Soup with Michelle and Tracy, fueling our podcast obsession by producing a podcast about podcasts. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Michelle. A big week in the world of podcasts this week with the long-awaited arrival of S-Town. What's featuring on your playlist this week? Well, S-Town, of course, which Mm. we'll be discussing in a minute. And I've also been listening to a podcast called The Leap and from ABC's Radio National, a little gem of a podcast called Cosmic Vertigo. Oh, okay. What's on your playlist? I really want to talk to you about two blockbusters. S-Town, definitely, which has just dropped seven episodes of that one. And Missing Richard Simmons. Have you heard of that one? I have. Yeah, I think that that one's been in the media, so we've got to talk about that one. So let's start with S-Town. This one is, uh, it's been long awaited. Although the podcast was billed as a murder mystery early on, it ends up being more of a character study of S-Town or... Shit town. Let's have a listen. Something's happened. Something has absolutely happened in this town. There's just too much little crap for something not to have happened. And I'm about had enough of shit town and the things that goes on. You're, you're beginning to figure it out now, aren't you? And the man himself, John B. McLemore, is mm-hmm. sort of the, the character that we follow through this story. So it started a few years ago. Reed, the narrator, received an email from John B. McLemore, a revved up 49-year-old clockmaker with the promise of an unsolved murder case in Alabama. But it really is, that's sort of a bit of a, a red herring because the podcast is more of a great story about an eccentric, very complex man living a complex inner life. And he's what makes this podcast so enthralling. So John B. McLemore was a horologist. So he's a clockmaker. Uh, he studied sundials. He loved math, built a crazy complex hedge maze in his yard, fixed antique clocks, cared for his demanding mother who was dementing and hated climate change. was very passionate about that. And apparently he's had a profound effect on almost everyone he's met and was close to. It's just fascinating, really. It starts by exploring this murder, but it takes a tremendously powerful turn at the conclusion of Chapter 2, and I was curious where it was going to go. Have you listened to this at all? Have you got to Chapter 2? I have. I started listening to Chapter 1, and it's a slow start. Then there's a long interview with John McLemore, Mm. which goes for about, I think it's goes until the 20 minute mark of the podcast Mm. and by the time we got to the 20 minute mark I thought oh no I don't want to listen to this what's all the hype about why do people love it and I didn't want to continue on it does pick up and you're right the characters Mm. are amazing and John McLemore what an amazing character he sounds a bit like Goma Pyle he does he comes across (laughs) as a bit of a redneck from a redneck town but he's not he's very eccentric he's very he's so interesting and so intelligent he is intelligent and so passionate about what yeah. is happening in his life. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, a complicated character. Mm. And so after, so you need to keep going. So after chapter two, and I thought, how on earth are they going to fill in the next five chapters? But yeah. um, it's very interesting. Um, 
because they introduce all sorts of interesting characters. It's definitely a podcast for mature listeners. It's not for the kids. Uh, And all seven episodes have dropped, uh, so you can start binging now. I can't wait to listen to all of it. It's like curling up with a good book. I love the way they've called all the episode chapters as well. It is really like reading a book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm up to uh, chapter second last chapter, so I'm all the way through now. Say no more. Say no more. We'll talk about it later. All right. And the other podcast you were going to talk about? Yeah, this is the other blockbuster. There's been a lot in the media lately about this one. Um, It's called Missing Richard Simmons. Mm. Now, does anyone remember this guy? Hi! Yep, I know who that is, and <laughs> I think I've exercised along with yeah, I him. I think so too. And Jane Fonda. And Jane Fonda, the lycra. Back in the day. I know. So to all those baby boomers and ex-gens out there, we all remember Richard Simmons on our TVs, right? You know, the short shorts, the bedazzled tank tops, the lycra clad. Big, and the headband. The headbands, the sweatbands. <laughs> And the one who said, you might remember, come on, people, sweat is just fat crying. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) Still love that one. Um, So this fitness guru, Richard Simmons, started appearing on our TVs 40 years ago. And he's been running ever since his gym, Slimmons, he calls it, in Beverly Hills. Until on the 15th of February 2014, he simply stopped everything. He disappeared from public. He stopped teaching his regular exercise class that he was there for every single day. He cut off his closest friends. He removed himself from the public eye after decades as one of the most accessible celebrities in the world. So no one has heard from him and no one knows why he left. So this podcast, as its title suggests, is about Dan Taberski's quest to find out why he's disappeared and where he is and if he's okay. And the thing that makes the podcast so engaging is Simmons himself. I mean, he's such a larger-than-life character who turns out um, is actually a very emotionally invested person in all of his clients. He he seems to hide another sort of private persona um, away from public eye, and we don't get to see that. So let's just have a listen. So I almost lose it when I hear anyone can exercise with Richard in person. At his rickety one-room studio in Beverly Hills. And so, that's exactly what I do. His gym is called Slimmons. And Richard's been teaching his class here for 40 years. I show up and pay my 12 bucks to the woman in shiny tights and grab a spot in the back row. It doesn't take long for things to get weird. Because in less than 30 minutes, I find myself bare-chested surrounded by step-clapping middle-aged women as Richard wipes the sweat off my torso with my t-shirt and then shoves it down his shorts. The entire class is 90 minutes of that. Turns out 64-year-old Richard Simmons is hilarious and so freaking loud and foul-mouthed like you would not believe. He cries twice, he does an incredibly offensive Indian accent, And he tells a story about the time he ran out of an Audrey Hepburn horror movie, fell, and broke a rib. All this while Rihanna blasts from the speakers, followed by Streisand, followed by a song he's written himself about Iraq war vets. I'm instantly and completely all about Slimmons. Uh, So Dan Tversky, who considers himself a friend of Simmons, goes on to investigate several theories. Uh, And the theories are a bit wacky, some of them, but, I mean, he looks at 
if he's being held under house arrest by his housekeeper, is Simmons maybe midway through some sort of gender conversion? <laughs> that was another theory. Or is he just extremely depressed or just, you know, mentally or physically ill? So he goes on and, and tries to investigate what actually has happened to Simmons. Meanwhile, we get several fans and Simmons converts who are grieving over his disappearance and seem genuinely worried about him. And whilst the media have spruced how entertaining this podcast is, it has also raised some provocative and uncomfortable questions. I don't know if you've read anything in, in the paper, but like oh, the questions they've asked are how hard should you look for someone who doesn't want to be found? Mm. Does a public figure owe anything to the public? And what's the line between compassionate inquiry and intrusive expose you know anyway six episodes roughly 35 minutes each out now definitely worth a listen i know it's worth a listen but i felt uncomfortable after uh, after the first episode and i think it's that whole idea well all right maybe there's something really wrong maybe he does need rescuing if it is a mental illness issue i know what are the ethics then of pursuing him I agree. And yeah. then I thought maybe it was just all um, a big setup, you know, and they already had this all planned well, that and was he was just going to make a, a yeah. new appearance in the media yeah. and this was his comeback. And But no, it looks like it really was just this one guy, Dan Tversky, taking it upon him to make a project about finding him. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's worth a listen. It definitely got me in the first couple of episodes. Oh, it's very entertaining, but it's a bit like watching a car crash. It it's, is a bit, yeah. Do I really want to be? Yeah, anyway. lots of hype over it. Yeah. All right, a little change of pace. Well, not really a change of pace because I've got another storytelling podcast. This one is from KQED California and it's called The Leap. The Leap is about risky choices that change everything. The first season of this podcast aired at the end of 2015 and received high praise. Fast forward to 2017 and season two has returned with six compelling stories of people who have experienced dramatic transformation in their lives. Topics range from long forgotten LSD experiments in a Southern Californian hospital for abandoned children. Mm. Another episode on the San Francisco International High School exclusively for recently arrived immigrants and a Northern California child worshipping cult. Mm. I'm going to play an excerpt from the first episode of season two, which is called Out of the Pond. Some background, this podcast is about Tessilia, who grew up on a commune deep in a northern Californian forest. When she was five, her mother joined this nomadic group of people whose philosophy involved breaking the bond between mother and child. They were called the Shivalila, and they believed that if parental bonds were severed, a communal consciousness might emerge that would eventually transform society. Here's a bit about one of the techniques they employed to break those bonds between to Celia and her mother. Yeah, that's when it first became clear to me that I, the things were not going to be the way <laughs> that I expected. That was the first, like, that I was totally separated from her um, and not allowed to be with her. The separation was part of the Shivalila plan. Cecilia had lived with her mother for five years. They had a strong bond. It would take a severance, a cutting off, for Tessilia and her mom to break that parental bond and give themselves up to the communal experience. Gridley Wright wanted Shivalila to live with tribal cultures, where, he said, collective unity is a living reality. He was intrigued by the Tassadeh in the Philippines. So the group, with Tessilia and Forrest and Jeff, but without Tessilia's mom Meredith, went there. 
part of their plan was to leave us with families around the world. So that that was one way to break the bond and also learn how to be children of the world and leave the kids. Yes. On their own. Yes. So mm -hmm. they would find families in the countries that we went to and through for whatever, either out of curiosity. I don't believe that they ever paid them anything to have us, but they would find families. They'd talk to them about our, you know, this experiment we were doing and um, so they would eventually find a family that was willing to take one of us, um, not for, for periods of time, just so we can learn from each other. When they got to the Philippines, the baby, Forrest, was sent to live with one family, strangers. Cecilia was sent with another one. They left me with these people. I'm like, I do not like you. Who are you? <laughs> like, so that was my first approach was just to be like, uh, no. <laughs> but they basically wouldn't let me go because they were, I don't know, whatever. They weren't supposed to. I was supposed to stay with them. She says she didn't get why she was there. She didn't speak the language. She missed her mom. So Cecilia decided to run away. Eventually, How bizarre is that? I know, I know. I've always wanted a little sneak peek into those things and those cults. And that gives you a little snapshot of what it was really like. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> The head of this cult, of course, had no children of his own. So his big theory about breaking the parental bond doesn't mm. actually have any insight into what that bond is and what it means to... How the mother left her daughter there. I mean, you know, yeah, what was going through her head? Oh, That's a lot of LSD, I think. <laughs> a lot of LSD. God, it's just heartbreaking. Um, eventually, she does get away from this family, goes back to the Shivalila, who are not impressed at all that this five-year-old's turned back up on the, their door. <laughs> Over the next few years, she follows this group from California, um, around rural India, around the world, back to America again, hoping for a glimpse of the mother she once had. Yeah, that's awful. And then she finds out, just is it, she finds her hus her father in the end, is that right? There are good things in store for her later on yeah, in the later. episode. But anyway, these all the episodes are told by Amy Standen and Judy Campbell, present mm. the episodes. It's great storytelling, all really captivating, engaging characters. Even if you don't think you're going to relate to the characters, they're so well put together. I'm really keen to explore the back catalogue as well. Mm. They come out fortnightly, about 30 minutes, so definitely have a listen to The Leap. Mm, that was a good find. Well done. Mm. And my other one, <laughs> Cosmic Vertigo. Can I say in advance that I am the least likely person to be recommending a science-based <laughs> podcast? Any science-based questions from my kids are met with my furrowed brow and me saying, that's a dad question. <laughs> <laughs> so if I recommend a science-based podcast, it's got to have some good things going for it. This one is a new ABC Radio National Science podcast presented by Dr. Amanda Bauer and Dr. Alan Duffy. Their podcast blurb reads... Do you ever feel dizzy when you think about the incomprehensible scale of space? We call that feeling cosmic vertigo. Welcome to the head-spinning conversation between two friends who study the sky for a living. Yes. They're both astronomers and this podcast looks at an aspect of space. It really captures the wonder of space. It's intelligent, really thoughtfully put together so that every age group, every level of expertise can be entertained and learn something at mm. the same time. It's good for the whole family, isn't it? It's hard to find a podcast that's good for everyone. It is. I like this one. And plus, it just makes you feel a little bit smarter when it you does. finish listening to it. I only listen to one episode and yet I'm still using the facts from that episode every day. I tell someone something about Measuring the moon on the horizon with the thumbnail? Oh, I haven't learned that one yet. Listen to this. Five, four, three, two, 
Okay, my other favorite time, which is sort of a day-night mix, is when the sun is setting on one horizon and on the exact opposite horizon, a full moon is rising. Yeah, that is pretty spectacular and actually well worth trying to time your viewing of the moon because it appears enormous. Now, is it actually bigger or is this an illusion? No, it's the moon illusion. (laughs) This is one of my favorite examples of why humans are weird. Because it isn't any bigger, but try and believe that. If you look at this thing, and you know, I know it's no bigger, but it is enormous relative to its apparent size later on in the night when it's higher above the horizon. There's something about the horizon that so, makes the moon appear much larger. So a simple test is if you hold your arm out and measure what the moon is against your first finger at arm's length when it's at the horizon, and then wait for it to be above and do the same measurement, and you'll see... Nothing has changed. It's all a trick of our eyes. So I'm a big fan of giving it the thumbs up. I like the thumb (laughs) rather than first finger. I'm a big fan of the thumb. And it's for me, I've like calibrated. It's my thumbnail, which maybe tells you about my hideously large thumbs. But you give it a thumbs up later on in the night and it covers the same amount of your finger or thumb. So that was the first episode on the moon and every episode gets a little bit further and further out into space. Mm. Definitely have a listen to this one. Mm, Definitely. Okay. Okay, that's it for this week. That's it. If you like our show, tell a friend. If they don't know how to listen to podcasts, show them. They'll love you for it. And help more people find PodSoup by rating us on iTunes. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram. Web addresses are in our show notes. Thanks, Tracy. Science? That's a dead question. That's a dead that's, question. That's a dead Ask question. Ask your father. Sex? That's a dead <laughs> question. I'm such a rubbish mother. <laughs>